Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Episode Zero of State of the Empire. This episode was recorded on November 1st, 2012, just after the announcement that Disney had bought Lucasfilm. We didn't yet know that we were destined to record an ongoing podcast series about Star Wars speculation, but in this episode, you'll hear us begin our search to find Star Wars news in Alderaan places. Hey guys, welcome to a very impromptu episode of Nerdy Show. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. I'm Brandon. I'm Doug. I'm Mark with a C. And I'm Matt. Now, for listeners who come on intermittently, uh, Doug is the GM of Ghostbusters Resurrection, the uh, Ghostbusters tabletop role-playing podcast we recently added to the Nerdy Show Network. Mark with a C, you should probably know, he's uh, kind of a big deal. Indie nerd musician, runs the show, Real Congregation on Nerdy Show. And Matt is our pop culture correspondent who joins us really frequently for uh, matters of sci-fi especially, but also our E3 coverage. Because he lives in Hollywood, y'all. Uh, <laughs> So today, not that Hollywood, Florida. Crap. No, no, not not Hollywood, the Florida. Real Hollywood, mm, the dirty one. Hollywood, yeah. Florida is pretty real and pretty dirty. <laughs> but that's it another is, discussion. It is, quite, it is quite dirty. Today, October thirtieth, we got some crazy news that pretty much fucked our brains and the At brains of everybody 4:30 else. Thirty p.m. It, Eastern. <laughs> Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. I guess we could have speculated on it if we'd ever thought that this could. Something like this was conceived. Well, because nobody thought happen. George Lucas would ever sell it. Well, that's his baby. I, I feel like we should have seen it coming. In a way, we should yeah. have. Yeah. But I also was. But not this. Soon. I was blinded by the whole concept of George Lucas. Like you can have my friend. Yeah, relinquishing control. My cold dead fingers. And undervaluing it just so that it goes to the company that he trusts most too, because it's worth more than four billion. For, yeah, how is it undervalued? Yeah, that could all fix the, like well, the deficit for all of the properties. <laughs> when you, Star Wars has fingers that's, on. That's that's a deal. For, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, it's expensive. I mean, it's expensive, but it's expensive. they're they're gonna make it back simply on merchandising of the first new movie alone. Plus, you know, they're gonna make it back on the merchandising of the old movies alone. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it's all going to flow back in, and it's it's one heck of a deal that they got. I so think. Here's uh, in brief what we know as of this recording. As I said, four point oh five billion dollars was the purchase. Kathleen Kennedy is. Uh, she was appointed the president of Lucasfilm as well as their brand manager. Yeah, for for Star Wars and everything. Who is this Lucas, woman? For Lucasfilm and all of the subsidiaries, which include Industrial Light and Magic, Skywalker, Skywalker Sound, and all of the specific Star Wars. So products. we can just say everything. 
everything, everything George Lucas related. Most everything. Lucas's is empire she, is now she started. She started out as she's probably the most powerful woman in Hollywood yesterday. Now today she's probably the most powerful woman like in the world. Well, yeah, she the Empress biggest. Empress Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean she is. Uh, for those that don't know, she is the second most successful film producer in the world, second only to her mentor. Steven Spielberg. Well, and, maybe it'll take her somewhere one day then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's been producer or associate producer on Indiana Jones films, uh, E.T., both Gremlins films, uh, back, all the Back to the Futures, The Goonies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Batteries Not Included. Oh, these are good movies. All the Jurassic Parks, The Adventures of Tintin. Yeah, yeah, she knows well, what she's doing. Like, not seriously. just good movies, though, because she was also producer for a lot of Midnight Shenanigans films, including yeah. the Avatar film. Uh, well, she didn't know. She didn't know. Those she probably liked movies, the cartoon. Those movies made money, and it's the job of the producer to well, make I money. Mean, yeah, but if, if a producer, she's really good. A producer comes and he says, "Hey, we were we're making a movie based on Avatar, this cartoon. You'd be stupid not to do it because yeah. it's it's a it's a big thing." And she's she's good at making big franchise movies, but she's also good at making good movies too. She was the executive producer for Schindler's List. As yeah. well as, the and we all know that was the blockbuster hit of the summer. It was a good family. Film. It was a blockbuster. It, I, it, was, it a was a great huge. comedy. That list that he made. Uh, great. Um, <laughs> if I can just jump in here for a second and say at 4.5 billion, had I know that this is what known what uh, George Lucas would settle for, I would have done a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, who wouldn't have said this lo-fi dude in Florida, Mark with a C, is running a Kickstarter campaign to buy Star Wars from George Lucas. Disney would have been like, uh, uh, yeah, we can't fuck with that. I mean, you can't mess with positive press. Well, I'd love it when people ask you your credentials like, yeah, well, my favorite movie, uh, my favorite Star Wars anything is a Christmas special. That's my goddamn <laughs> qualification for why I run Lucasfilm. Uh, so my, my, my biggest question is, does this make Captain EO part of the Star Wars canon as I've always wanted it to be? It, it should be a prequel to like way before the Jedi's were created. It's like Jedi was a guardian of peace and justice for thousands of years. So this is before that. Like, <laughs> Captain EO was the first Jedi because he uses the power yeah. of happiness. That's clearly the force. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Right there in its rawest form. It made me feel something. <laughs> Another massive announcement that came along with this purchase was that in 2015... The first new one. They will be starting a new trilogy. Episode 7 will be released on... Already in, done. In 2015. And Kathleen Kennedy shall be the executive producer for all of the sequels. And with, quote, one new movie every two or three years. Yeah. So basically like <laughs> the prequels. Sorry. <laughs> no. yeah. now, George Lucas, he won't be a director he won't be anything like that but he will still be a creative consultant oh come on he wasn't a creative anything he shouldn't be consulting hey if he if he wasn't a creative consultant you know how many people would call foul i mean can, he did, okay he did, can they still say no that's that's bad he, yeah of course or are they gonna be well, like oh we love you let's no, do it no no he's he's creative. basically what i took that to mean it was saying he's creative consultant he's handing the reins over to kathleen kennedy but, and everyone else and George Lucas in that video basically said he basically announced his retirement from right. all things Star Wars. And I my reaction to that was good for you, George. Because <laughs> no, I mean seriously, not from a cynic cynical point, but like this is a Star Wars is like a monkey he's been carrying on his back for how many years now? And he's been wanting to make the personal films and do other things. So good. You know, he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Uh, on, on, on that point, the the nicest thing that I heard him say so far in that the sit down interview that he posted on YouTube was that he gets the chance to be a fan now. Yes. He gets yeah. to be a Star Wars fan, which is something that he's never been able to have the chance to do. 
And, you know, it's like, well, you know, he deserves that moment to, to sit back and, yeah. and see, you know, really just kind of take it from our perspective. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's as, far, as far as like retirement goes, like if anyone's earned a good retirement, <laughs> despite what anyone says about prequels or anything else, it would be this is the guy who gave us the original Star Wars. I think he deserves a little bit of happiness, a little bit of it's it's, it's sort of I guess, but it's also a shame that he can't become a fan of the originals and then watch <laughs> what he did to them afterwards, because <laughs> then then I would un- he would understand the, this is. Am uh, I the only one who's just dying to know what George Lucas is going to do with the rest of his time, though? Like, and I expect he would give a really short answer, like, uh, "What are you going to do with your free time, George? I'm going to grow turnips." Well, he, <laughs> he said um, after the release of Red Wing that uh, he was Red Tails. Uh, Red Red Tails. After the release of Red Tails, that he was. That is a very different film, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> he was interested in, um, you know, pursuing experimental films and like he used to do like THX and, and all that, that stuff and he was frustrated by the lukewarm reception of uh, the, the 3D things and basically he was like okay I can't win with Star Wars I can't win so I'm going to step back and I'm going to make the films I want to make so he said that earlier this year that that was no surprise what none of us figured was we figured okay so George Lucas is just going to sit back you know let Star Wars do as Star Wars will and release his 3D things and not really fuss over it Except that then, boom, he, he organized a deal. And the only thing I can really compare this to, because Star Wars is such a big thing, and we've all grown up living with its existence. So it never really, and we knew that George Lucas had dominion over it, but it never felt like, you know, an independent creator-owned sort of thing. But in my mind, the only thing I can compare it to is Peter Laird's sale of Ninja Turtles to Viacom. Because there's a guy who, for whatever reason, started feeling burdened by his creation, and then come hell or high water, he was like, fuck it, I don't want it, take it all. And then a lot of people were uh, divided about Peter Laird's run on Turtles. Right. Not like not like George Lucas's treatment of Star Wars, but then then now there's this corporate entity that's taking care of it. And in doing so, and, that's, and though you can be skeptical of that, I mean, well, with the Michael Bay script for the Turtles film and all that, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, you have people who were fans of the property creating the new show, yeah, right. which is all in all, a very positive thing. See, see, you you gave a very real world example of what it was like for one franchise be, being bought up by a bigger corporation. In my mind, because you cut me, I bleed midichlorian. To me, this is like the Dalai <laughs> Lama saying, "Everyone who's Buddhist, we're giving Buddhism to the Vatican." It's like this is this is like we're, we're, we're <laughs> that's that's what it felt like. But if if you're being real about it, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a corporation being bought by a bigger corporation. And we were talking about like how they bought out Marvel, and it, for a while, a lot of people were like, "Oh, they bought out Marvel, well, they're going to we make." Were, we yeah, were freaking out. Yeah, for yeah uh, one of our uh, season two episodes was uh, Disney and Marvel sitting in a tree. It was I think the name of it. Everybody was going, "Oh, get ready for Marvel to suck. Get ready for Marvel to be a family." It's like, no, D- D- Disney wanted Marvel for Marvel. Not and for, then, you know. What and happened? what happened? Yeah, the, the oh, Avengers, oh, wait, movie. The oh, Avengers happened. Yeah. And then, you know, all those other awesome things and happened. And who, who did they let direct the Avengers? Just fucking Whedon. Oh, they let him do it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Maybe he'll direct the new Star Wars movies, I hope. Yeah. Even you if it's it? not just, I mean, just I, any, I, I don't care who directs it as long as they want to be directing it. I never felt that George Lucas yes. wanted to direct the prequels or anything like that. Get mm-hmm. someone who wants to do it. Well, I never felt like he wanted to make a good movie. Anyway, no, you're, being, you're being hard on the old man. I am. I, I'm excited because I think that putting another director in there, a younger director that loved Star Wars, that grew up with yeah. Star Wars, that was really inspired by it, would really want to do a great service to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of do the kind of stuff that Seth Green is doing with Robot Chicken and Star Wars Detours. I mean, Seth Green's medium is comedy, 
but still, you feel that authentic Star Wars feeling. Well, there's so many filmmakers, even older than us, who have that same passion for Star Wars. I think I think it's the good thing is that everyone's ripe for the picking. Like they can basically get anyone they want. What filmmaker out there is going to say, "Nah, Star Wars, you're offering me Star Wars." No, nah, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. So really, they get to pick from the cream of the crop what they want to do with it. Mark and Matt, you guys are yes. here because you guys are among our. Our collective, the the greatest Star Wars fanatics. We all love Star Wars. We're all obsessed with Star Wars. But uh, you two come from uh, different scopes. Uh, like Matt, you, I mean, you uh, absorb everything. Uh, there was a time where there wasn't a single piece of Star Wars literature you hadn't read, and it's still very, very. Mm-hmm. I understand that where you're at right now is you've still read pretty much everything there is. Expanded universe expert, and you've got a lot of strong opinions. Part of that whole kind of I should have seen it coming is that. Clone Wars had already killed the expanded universe. I mean, within like the last year or so. I mean, they were killing Jedi left and right that had already died in previous material. And so like, I guess it's not a shock that they're doing it. It's it's weird because I'm try, still trying to collect my thoughts on the idea that like they are kind of like just nailing a, or just, you know, closing the coffin for good on like, you know, 20 plus years, I guess now of expanded universe material. But at the same time, I'm still so excited. I, I felt like I did when I was... 13 and I saw the entertainment weekly with Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson on the front in Jedi robes and like, Oh my God, this is happening. You know, like it, I was getting it so many different places. I don't even know exactly how I heard about it first today. Like I was just like being bombarded with social media. I'm not even sure how it happened, but there's so many different fronts that Disney's going to attack this from when they finally do get into the theme park business of star Wars, they have to compete with Harry Potter. They have to blow it out of the water. So this is not just going to be one ride. This is going to be an entire like section of, of Epcot or of Disney Hollywood studios. The irony of that is that on our way to uh, driving from Orlando to Nashville to go to uh, the geek media expo, we had a similar conversation of like, they have a good relationship with, uh, with star Wars. Like Disney has to beat Harry Potter. They, why don't they do a star Wars world? And we, (laughs) That, those words were said. I, I think yeah. because Disney owns it, I'm I'm pretty sure they have no choice. They own Star Wars now. They see it as like, we have to make something in our park for Star Wars. Well, because Disney, yep. you know, the vibe that I got was that they didn't really know what to do with Disney Hollywood Studios. And that's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're changing hands. They're not it's no longer MGM and everything else. And the, the, there's all these sections of the park that feel empty. But they've always had Lucasfilm stuff there. And on a, when we were on our way up to Tennessee, I was like, you know what? Disney's scared for some reason. They're, they're, they're scared. Well, for good reason. They're scared of the Harry Potter world. They're scared of, like, all the business that's generated. And I was telling you guys, what's the one thing that Disney has that can compete with something as big as Harry Potter? Star Wars. And the answer is Star Wars. It, it, that's the only thing that could possibly beat something. I mean, and we're talking about beat. Like, it's like there's a competition. But as far as the corporate entities are concerned, Star Wars is the only thing that can make more money than Harry Potter. So now that they officially own it, they don't have to, like, negotiate with Lucasfilm because now they own Lucasfilm. I hope that they're smart enough to go, hey man, let's expand that little uh, area. Let's get let's get a little uh, wizard wizarding world of uh, force of force users. You know, really- yeah, if you just imagine what could be done here, think about how many people go to Epcot and with the sole intention of drinking around the world. Well, imagine if you could drink around the Star Wars universe. If you could stop in and hang out and drink at the Mos Eisley Cantina. If that's the only mention of Star Wars in the park besides Star Tours, you better believe all of us are going to be there and you're going to be scraping us off the ground. I'll tell you what, like, man, I, was, I know better than that. Wooher makes that drink out of people. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, like, you look at where Star Tours is now and it's like they've crammed all these different things that they wish were bigger. Like, the, the gift, <laughs> no, I'm serious. The yeah, gift shop is like Tatooine, yeah. like Tatooine Traders and then you got the 
uh, Ewok Village, and you got the AT-AT, and then now the ride itself is every little piece of Star Wars that ever existed all on the ride. I'm hoping they really expand it, like really make it a, a thing that you can walk around. I mean, I don't know how much property they have to build on, but... I think, and, and and if you think about, it, I mean, Disney Hollywood Studios now. I mean, they've they've also started to pack in a lot of Pixar into that part. Yeah. So now, if you if you take Pixar and Marvel and Disney and the Muppets, and you could make them into zones in Disney Hollywood Studios, how great of a park would that be? Better like than that would instant. Better than that would. Adventure. Can they make Marvel? Absolutely. Yes. Space right. Well, the thing is that I was always weird about. So, so Sony is about to sell back Spider Man to Disney in order to bail themselves out of their financial troubles. Well, I was going to say, oh, really? fuck. Whoa. Yep. I did not know that. That's huge. I didn't know Sony. Yeah. That was like trouble. Nancy Grace style bombshell. Damn. <laughs> that is, that's, that's one step closer to my dream movie <laughs> of a buddy cop film of Hugh Jackman and Andrew Garfield. of. I want that buddy cop. Well, film. The, the thing that was weird is doesn't Universal have more than one Marvel based ride like the hulk they've got they have they a, a marvel but Island. disney right, owns right, right. marvel now cool, so the, the, it's a license it, yeah it was like a license they licensed the theme park rights out to universal okay see so that's what i thought so, but if but if they're gonna re, if i don't know if they're reneging or if they're not gonna re-up it or whatever originally before it was marvel superhero island uh universal designed it to be gotham city yeah and it was going to be have all these Batman things and a little bit of DC stuff sprinkled around. And in another direction, when Disney bought Marvel, Disney had licensed uh, things like Darkwing Duck and Chippendale and uh, the Muppets to Boom Studios for comic books. Star Wars and Lucasfilm properties have had a relationship with Dark Horse Comics for 30 years now. Well, where did Star Wars start in the comic world? Marvel. And yep. I, I mean, I feel bad for Dark Horse because... At soon, at some point, this this license is going to expire. And right now, we've got what some the only Star Wars thing that's excited me in forever is about to happen this January. Brian Wood is writing a book called Star Wars, and Brian Wood, one of one of the most incredible like indie credibility blockbuster writers in comics right now. It's basically a, a book that takes place after A New Hope and is about <laughs> essentially the empire retaliating against the terrorist forces of the rebellion and it's going to be it's, amazing that sounds like the empire begins to debate the pros and cons of whether or not it should strike back or maybe hold <laughs> off of it <laughs> and Rebel, the rebels do they have a weapon of mass destruction no it was a photon torpedo and and no and notice what the the two key components were when they announced that series was that they said it should be a series in which no one needs to have any prior expanded universe knowledge to get into and that it was supposed to harken back to the era of pre-Empire Strikes Back, like not knowing where the series could be taken. This is, I mean, this is kind of part of that whole, like, should have seen it all coming. Because, like, with this whole sales that, like, you know, the old expanded universe is, is done and that this is a brand new era for, for Star Wars. Essentially, a Star Wars reboot has been engineered. And yeah. it's happened in a way that's never happened before with any prior property and it's happened in a way that is somehow more natural and graceful than has ever been done i don't think we really know that until we see what the we, movies we are don't going to contain. but i see I, I as far as the forces converging it's not dc comics saying everything's done everything starts at one again fuck y'all and it's not something it's not something ending it's kind of like something something's you know came to its end in a very sort of natural way and now it's all the phoenix is risen and everything's getting well, look at, look green. At like Marvel. Every time Marvel does something, they're just like, oh, well, that's a different universe. Oh, well, that's a, that's a split. well, the thing with Star Wars, what we learned at Star Wars Celebration, it is one continuous universe 
where everything is, is supposed to be canon. But there but, are also but there's so many. Con- there are there, also there's, there's a precedent that there are several levels of of canon, and they can override each other. Right. There's George Cannon and blah, 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 all the way down to secondary canon, which the king of secondary canon, which is overwritten by everything else, is the Star- uh, Christmas special. Right. And it, but it's like <laughs> hey, Star Wars. Hey, I will come over there, Hex. <laughs> but Star if, Wars if already If you want to hear more about that, they've got a, our most recent celebration episode is linked to this page. But Star Wars already has this precedence of having no problem of writing over what it's already done and saying this is still the same universe. It's not right. like Marvel with the there are multiple universes, right? But there, but there are a lot. Like, I mean, I, I mean, Matt probably knows better than me because I haven't read all of those all of the books and everything. But I know that, like, at the time when they were like oh, before Episode One came out, the rumors that Anakin built C three PO, it was like, wait a minute, I uh-huh. thought C three PO was like off the assembly line. I, what do you mean someone built him? Like, it, like he, I thought he was like three hundred years old by the time A New Hope started. Hmm. You know, well, I mean, I, even even in like. In 1978's Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the very first Star Wars novel even written, there's a the whole thing at the end is 3PO and R2 were deactivated, and when Luke finds them at the end, deactivated, he flips on 3PO, and the first thing 3PO is screaming is, he somehow knew the access codes. And, you know, that all ends up, you know, it, it's not intended to say back in 78 that Darth Vader created 3PO, but, like, it's enough to, like, Star Wars canon's always figured out a way to, like, fix itself and band-aid itself. There's even a guy whose sole job at Lucasfilm is to do that. And since June, when I guess he found out there was going to be a seven, eight, nine, when these problems have popped up because of like clone wars and things like that, he's just been saying for the last couple of months, well, hold on a second, guys, we're going to get to that. We're going to fix the clone wars timeline. And I guess the fix is that it's, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a seven, eight, nine. I mean, that's a full. That yeah. sounds like a full time job. It is. I mean, <laughs> it is. No, this like he and we talked about this in the episode. But basically, there there was this moment where they were going to kill a character in a video mm-hmm. game when a writer was already was going to use him again, and so this guy caught it and had to tell the video game, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't kill him off. We still need to use him." Mm-hmm. See, I'm a little I'm a little confused because I'm under the impression that there's all these contradictions coming from everywhere. In the Star Wars universe, but it's really all coming from one person not knowing anything about his own creation and then just saying something and it's suddenly true. And now Grandpa Funny Book is retired. And there's an entire person's job, (laughs) which is to fix this one person's mess over and over again. So really all the contradictions are from the one person giving it up. Really, you can kind of boil the holocron down to um, everything in the Star Wars universe is right. But some things are technically more right than others. But why can't yes. they all be right? See, yeah, like this. This is the thing. I was I was saying this in the car on the way over. It's like George Lucas. I'm not an apologist, although I'm coming off that way. But I'm just saying this is a guy who wanted to be a writer filmmaker since since however long ago, and he suddenly finds himself the head of a like the biggest film in history, and then is the head of this huge corporation with toys and millions and billions of dollars. So now he's like a businessman and has to make business decisions that influence his creative work. <laughs> he never wanted to be a business guy. He never wanted to do that. Admittedly, but- he was a very good business guy for a creative personality because of how much he held on to the uh, licensing. Right. Now, well, it, that, like He played it really smart early on, but clearly... It's just gotten too big for him to handle. I mean, for anyone. Well, like, it's, not, I mean, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and now he's being berated by people who used to love him. Yeah, exactly. So as far as, like, George Lucas is concerned, he can now say, I'm no longer a businessman. And who'd he get to replace him? 
the smartest businesswoman in Hollywood, basically. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the, like someone who actually wants that job and, yeah. and wants yeah. to, to do that. That's like, to me, that's like the who, best news. Up. Who he's been friends with for years. Yeah. And, and who is well connected with some of the uh, cornerstones of creativity in Hollywood. And she's got her head above the water. Like she knows what, she knows what's really going on. Like yeah. she, she's, it sounds like she's very aware of like what fans would be saying. Right. And that's why we're even talking about a seven, eight and nine at the moment. Right. And it, which is interesting because while he was working on the, uh, working on the original Star Wars, he was talking about, he always had nine stories planned. He always had three sets of trilogies set up. However, he went back in 99 and 2008 in separate interviews and all continually during then saying, I never had an idea for sequels. Right. That never existed. I and never wanted no. it. And more than that, he kept on insisting that there would never be another Star Wars movie. Okay. No, well, you got you to remember, like when he says, oh, I had the sequels written, I, I had them in my head and I wanted to divide them up. The movies that we got are so crazily different from what was originally planned yeah. You know, you can't really compare. That's like saying, wait a minute, he's <clears throat> one hand he says he had prequel ideas, but now he says he didn't. It's like, well, probably because the prequel ideas he had involved 80 million different characters that yeah. just don't and, exist. And, uh, I mean, really what Lucas had to start out with was a massive outline. Then his wife, Marcia Lucas, who greatly influenced the the Star Wars that we actually know and love. Yeah, I was going to say, she's, to. she's really the one responsible it, for the good she, part. She's the one who said, start the story here. No one wants to hear about that stuff. And give this guy and, a personality. And he doesn't so have one. I, you know, whatever outline Lucas has for seven, eight and nine, much like the prequels is probably something that we don't care about. Now, here's the thing that I, that I'm still learning about that I, I want to clarify yeah. when they say Star Wars seven, eight and nine, and they say, we want to make Star Wars seven, eight, nine and starting in 2015. Are they literally saying we want to make episode seven, eight, and nine? Or are they saying we want to make a seventh, eighth, and ninth? They, film? I believe, said episode. They, they use the term episode. Yeah, yeah, they use the term episode. And I don't yeah, think Mark Hamill George Lucas back. was, if George Lucas was behind it, you'd be getting the story prior to Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now, now in the video, like where George Lucas is hand, talking about handing the reins over, he just says he has a treatment for episode seven, eight, nine. And then the news breaks that there's going to be a seven, eight, nine, but they, I didn't understand this. The treatment specifics. was giving it to Disney. It, it was a very interesting the way he phrased it too, because he he stipulated like he reinforced lengthy treatment, which is interesting, right? You know, which means they're you know far along, and also he kept saying we, as in I don't know if that meant Kathleen and him, if that meant like some creative team he's been working with, if it's Disney, like who knows what it is. And then he also mentioned that. When he was handing everything over to Kathleen, he's like, you know, all these, you know, we have story ideas. That goes, and then he says Star Wars has hundreds of books and comics. He says we've handed those over to Kathleen. And it was like he was very specific about mentioning all the books and comics that are being handed to her, you know, like decision making control. And I wonder how much that influence. I'm not trying to say they're going to make like a Thrawn trilogy movie, but they can probably freely borrow ideas from those books and comics. And right. in many cases, they should. So you're saying they put some of the expanded universe possibly in 7, 8, and 9? That's like people want to see Mara Jade, so why not but show well, I also Mara don't want, I also don't want to see a 50-year-old Jar Jar. Well, no, no, but look, look, look. Misa, you, oh! the average dude on the street, you say, hey, they're making Star Wars 7, 8, and 9. And they're like, wait, you mean like after Return of the Jedi? And then you say, yeah. They're going to say, well, how are they going to, what, Luke Skywalker and, and Han Solo, or are they going to be in it? And if now it's like, well, wait a minute, we're not including them. How is it episode seven, eight, and nine? Unless it's like 
Just following the misadventures of the our solo two and 3PO. kids. Like, I mean, I mean, like if they followed the solo kids. Well, yeah, because the, the whole point is it's following basically a set of characters the or a theme. Yeah, and it's pretty much done unless they're continuing with Luke and Leia, which I thought they were originally. I mean, if they if they came out and announced, hey, we're going to be approaching Mark Hamill soon to play an old uh, an old Jedi, I'd be like, I that would shit. Like, I would I would be like, that, I, I feel the like they can't not do that. Like because it Mark Hamill won't it come would back. It'll be weird. It, I mean, it would make people shit themselves. Yeah, and so they want people to do that. Yeah, at least for one film. Yeah. Have you seen Mark Hamill lately? Yeah, he, he looks like a grizzled old badass. They're gonna have to use all of industrial lights technology to <laughs> Dude, make him I look. I don't good. care, man. If Mark <laughs> Hamill is down, then I am down. Like, now, I have to get Carrie Fisher now too. Slave outfit. Dude, if Carrie Fisher's down for it, I'm down for it. But if something tells me that Harrison Ford's gonna say hell no. And probably uh, yeah. I don't think Harrison Ford wants to do it anymore. I mean, uh, of the original crew, like Harrison Ford is the one person that you will never see caught. He regrets doing the Indiana yeah. Jones movie. I don't think he wants to fuck with Star Wars. He's learned his lesson. Right. Mrs. Kennedy, if you can hear my voice, let let me write a Star Wars movie about <laughs> an old old Luke Skywalker as an Obi Wan mentor to the Solo children. <laughs> let me do I, this. Uh, and there, there is precedent or precedent for uh, taking from Zahn's, like Timothy Zahn's work. I mean, Coruscant. The name Coruscant comes from like from the era, the you know, the Thrawn trilogy. You know, it's you know, it was George Lucas' idea that the Empire was was stationed essentially on the giant planet, you know, city planet. But that name comes directly from the expanded universe. He's, oh, wow. He mentions it in the prequels a bunch of times, or mentions the expanded universe in the prequels a few times. You know, who knows? We may see a bunch of elements from from things like that, including a, a Jedi Academy on Yavin. Like, who knows? Something I want to talk oh, about God, is yes. how this made me feel. Because, um, oh, yeah. you know, this news came out and, I, and it, you know, it completely blindsided me because I, I just had no reason to expect it. it. It completely befuddled me. And I was like, my God, I, I didn't think that I was going to be challenged in my views towards Star Wars <laughs> until I was an old man. Yeah, same here. Like, I didn't think that anything that w- was going to change. I knew that, you know, George Lucas would sit there being stubborn, and sooner or later, you know, m- maybe he'd decide to release the versions of the films that the fans, by and large, are interested in. Or pass away. And, or, or something. And and here he is, very, like, gracefully, like, you know, I wanted to do this before I died. Here, let me just, like, let me take care of my affairs now. And, uh... And and all of a sudden there's an opportunity because you know how many how many people who we've looked up to coming up after people like us a little bit older but coming up after George Lucas you know would have wanted hands on with Star Wars in the past I mean we mentioned Joss Whedon already like him well, I mean, Kevin was, Smith would have done this years there, ago there you know were rumors that for the prequels it was one of the early rumors was that George Lucas said he would want to direct Episode One that he would want Ron Howard to direct Episode Two which would be great and then he wanted Steven Spielberg to direct Episode Three yeah oh, but that didn't God. happen because he couldn't really there's push. there's still there's still persistent rumors that he directed portions of Episode Three that's yeah that now that's true too but also I think the, he denies it well, the, no 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 the, the rumor also came in that. Uh, Spielberg's the one who encouraged him to know, George, these are your films. God damn Don't it. give them to other people. Because George was the one who, who said that, oh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. This is the first time I've ever wanted to punch Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, but I mean, really, no. And then, you know, to address the rumor that, oh, Spielberg d- directed a lot of uh, episode three, meaning that he directed, supposedly he directed most of the final lightsaber uh, fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And even oh. Lucas has gone on record saying, oh, yeah, we he deserves the credit for that and everything. And um, whatever. It's in the past. You know, we need to look forward. But it's like there was a precedence there for George early on saying he may not want to do it anymore. This Again, yeah. I think this is a good thing. And, like this is like 
if he he was unhappy with it, he was pissing all of us off. I mean, this is a guy who I looked up to as a kid. It's like a creative. I still look a, up to him, like, honestly. Like, like he's he's a man who I I kind of feel sorry for in a lot of ways. No, you know, yeah. be, because because obviously he was good at some things and not good at other things. And then there were expectations and ego and and an empire that he built and and uncertainty and divorce and all this all this awful stuff. And it's not like I don't think he was an an asshole for deciding that no i'm gonna keep you know ramming this into the ground and 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 everyone i surround myself with a bunch of yes men who are never going to tell me no about these stupid ideas i have i mean because it ultimately these are his stupid ideas and they could have been if he let people have hands-on like they had in the original trilogy like star wars that we the original trilogy was a collaboration between a bunch of different filmmakers and uh, George Lucas was just the genesis of See, it. See, now you can't, you can't, for this I can't blame him completely because I even saw that, we even watched videos of when he was trying to make the prequels, everyone was just a yes man. They wouldn't even challenge him. So I can't blame him completely. Yeah, that, They're just like, oh yes, that's great, that's great. That's and they wouldn't even. part in the, uh, yeah. the uh, Plinkett review for episode one where they show that video after the first screening of like the initial edit of episode one and everybody's standing around. You see uh, the look on their face they, and they don't say anything. Like, oh, that looked a little long and you can't take that out now. And they don't, they don't, they never argued with him in the first place like so they did I, on the I'm, originals. I'm glad for this. Like, I'm glad that he can go off and, and do what he wants to and just, you know, I don't want. I don't want the motherfucker to be unhappy. Right. Just, like, let us be happy. You go be happy. Let's all be happy here. And I thought, my God, I'm going to see another Star Wars film. I'm actually going to be interested in checking it out. And yeah, it, it yeah, could, yeah. It'll be. It could be bad, but it's going to be pretty challenging for it to get any worse. At it least, could at be. Least you're guaranteed something new and yeah. fresh for the first time. Mm. In my lifetime, it's the chance of going to see a Star Wars theater, Star Wars movie in the theater, and it won't for sure be bad. That, uh, no, no, for no. episode one, it was the same way. Like, waiting in line for episode one, it was like, dude, this is this might define, like, as I was in, like, what, middle school, and I'm like, this movie could define the, the course of the rest of my life. Like, we it, we it, didn't know before we saw episode one what it was. Yeah, we nothing, had no idea. As far as movie experiences go, I was never happier in my life than opening night of episode one packed house and then the words star wars come on the screen and people scream i was very confused by the end of that movie by the way uh no no more 20th century fox fanfare by the way oh Oh, deal breaker i'm out of (laughs) here but here's the thing that troubles me is i i was both really happy and sad when i heard the announcements I, i was happy because obviously george lucas doesn't have the control over it anymore and disney you know immediately announced episode seven eight nine already in 2015 i was like that's amazing the bad part is they've already come out and said things like every movie is going to be in 3D already. They said, which you kind of expect that at this point, but it, it seems to me like they're going to make it kind of for the Michael Bay generation. You know, it's 2015. Well, the there Avengers, has to be explosions okay, and the lights. Avengers was in 3D. That doesn't mean it's a terrible film. Yeah, I'm going to stop you real quick. Yeah. What, like movie, what movie plot. is coming out this Friday that is done by Disney? Wreck-It Ralph, which is going to be this total, like, tribute to video game culture man i hope you're not eating those words like okay okay because you really could first off words. I could. we don't know anything about this movie i've seen the ch- i've seen the preview too Only it could be nothing like it uh, and if uh, it is about that it's going to probably bomb and they'll never try to be creative again our early reaction from over here has been that it's like a cl- classic disney film like wreck it ralph is one of the best movies that the that disney has done since you know like if you don't count pixar movies you know that that's disney's Legacy, animation obviously. studio <laughs> Well, I mean, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> look, look, shut up. Know, Tron look, Legacy was awesome. Look, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Well, yeah. uh. <laughs> no, I think some people did. You guys haven't seen my DVD shelf, have you? 
jumping off real quick, there was a question that's been circulating. We were even discussing this on the car, in the car, Indiana Jones. What's going to happen to that franchise? Because that's Lucasfilm. Well, that's that's Paramount. Like that's Right. Paramount. In the sit down, uh, Robert Iger, the Disney CEO, did state that Paramount still has contract over it. Right. So that's something. But Willow. Yeah, I brought up Willow. <laughs> are, are you not, talking about? Not, no, it's like, what's new in the world of Willow? Willow. Oh, it's a Blu-ray now. Yeah, <laughs> please explain. <laughs> Is there new Willow content I should be expecting? No, there's no one. No one's talked about. Willow. There will never be new Willow content unless someone writes a book. I mean, hey, I'm I'm down for a new Willow. You could write that I'm book, down Cap. For a new Willow. Yeah. There actually was a Willow book. It was uh, uh, co-written between uh, Lucas and Chris Claremont. Actually, it was How good. Uh, was two it? novels. Uh, I don't remember. I read it as a kid. <laughs> it was a little too over my head, and I didn't care for it. Also, Chris Claremont is. Uh, he's not such so good anymore. He made it was it was in the mid '90s though. <laughs> Maybe it was all right. I don't know. The studio made Willow. The first thing that came to my mind was, well, here we have we have the forces behind Howard the Duck finally reunited again. Marvel I'd like to see a Howard the Duck too. I feel like the first one didn't do it enough justice. <laughs> I think there was that duck that had did, boobs, did we, and it was say, very confusing. Because we say all we needed to say with Howard the Duck. I mean, ducks don't lactate. And she had boobs in the first scene. I don't get that. I don't get it either, man. She's just but wake it up. Yeah, but the uh, you know what's interesting is Marvel is actually as far as media. I mean, they've always been they've always been proud of of Howard as a. As a character, whether they're abusing, using, loving him or abusing him, they've actually started using him in media again. I saw some video at San Diego Comic Con where they had like Howard walking around the Marvel office, and uh, and there's this like web series where it's like Howard and Squirrel Girl and a bunch of other C listers hanging out. Uh, it's not very good, but <laughs> it's there. Um, I mean, it's like Marvel is being daring if they're even willing to make a Guardians of the Galaxy fucking movie. Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. I'm fucking excited about that. I need to see how they're going to pull it off because I really don't know. So to me, like, I'm excited about this for so many reasons. It's it's going to be exciting to see what happens, even if it's a flaming disaster. It's still it's a chick. It's, it's a second be fun chance. To watch. I'm going to get popcorn. Star Wars has a second chance. Going back to what you're saying about like reaction to hearing the news. Yeah. Like my reaction at first was like, you know, it was like, oh wait, is it true? And then once it's like, no, for real, it's actually happening. It was like, oh, is this good or is this bad? I mean. Well, I guess they handled Marvel well. I guess they handling handling Star Wars well, and all everyone who's ever complained about George the way George Lucas handled Star Wars, they should not complain anymore because it's like this is literally being handed over to someone else who, who at least as far as we know, seems like they can handle it. So everyone who's complained about oh George Lucas, it's like well, what's there to complain about now? Everything you've ever wanted is happening. They're gonna. That's exactly where I was with this when I read about this earlier, and it was immediately what I took to social media to say to anyone who happens to read my bullshit online <laughs> you guys i i know it's you you're in the habit of the last god 20 30 years of bitching about everything george lucas does maybe you know the brand of coffee he drinks to what that brand of coffee makes him do but this should be the best news ever everyone everyone who's complained about anything should be rejoicing right. in the streets right he- i was Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. 
We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can't complain, but I shouldn't because... Uh, like all he would do if he had control was keep butchering them more and more and now someone else has a chance to butcher them so i should be happier i mean and ultimately uh, at the end of the day while you know uh, all of us here have taken star wars very very sif- seriously to uh Sif-less very like. different degrees of course it helps to remember at the end of the day it's just entertainment and if you want entertainment why would you turn to anyone but disney to provide the best uh, that, that's like another that's another really good point was that Seriously, who else are you going to hand it over? And here's because the other thing, Disney, everything that they've been given with Star Wars has handled it really respectfully. I Absolutely, mean, with with the exception of maybe one or two little action figures of Mickey holding a lightsaber. Like <laughs> no, like the stuff they did with the ride, the original ride was amazing. It's groundbreaking. What they did with the new ride, for those who haven't ridden it, even the stuff that takes place in the the dirty prequel territory is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like you can tell the people who were involved in making the ride were fans and really cared about making it really awesome regardless of what And it yeah, was. and even if they didn't like the prequels, they would like, well, we're making an awesome fucking Star exactly. Wars ride regardless. So if you have that same attitude applied to everything in the in the Star Wars universe, like whether you're making more theme park stuff or comic books or novels or eventually movies, if they have that same approach, you really can't go wrong. I feel like once we see who they pick for the director, then we'll kind of get a sense of where they want it to go. I feel like it's important to see who the first director is. And honestly, I think they already have it picked out right now. I wouldn't be surprised if it's announced right now. They're already announcing. Because like, it's already been wor- being worked on. You, in three years, it's going to be done. I mean, they've look, already got it lined up. But that doesn't up. mean anything. Like, so, like Zack Schneider. Like, you know? Uh, look, I'm a, huge, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. You know how many times they've announced a Metal Gear movie Metal Gear. and a writer yeah. and a release date? But has like, it been Disney that announced it? No, but this is this this is like this. Is Hold on, anyone who thinks that Disney delivers things on time, I got four words for you: the Emperor's New Groove. No, I got I got I got three words: the Lone Ranger. Oh, you win. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Lone Ranger, like how long has it been delayed for? And like Gorbinsky, who directed Pirates of the Caribbean. Wait, are they still doing it? Yeah, it's coming out. It's coming out. Like they've released a teaser for it and everything. And I don't know if it's supposed to be, if it looks good or bad. I haven't seen anything other than like the poster for it. But that thing's been in the making for a long time. Had its its budget has been everywhere from 200 million to 50 million to everything in between, regardless. It's, it's been a crazy roller coaster, but they're still making it. And I did look it up, by the way, on the phone. Uh, Willow was done with 20th Century Fox. Hmm. I mean, it's also important to keep in mind, too, when George Lucas went about the prequels is I think we all kind of knew exactly, like, everyone knew who the creative team was going to be. They knew Rick McCollum was going to produce with them. They knew who, like, was going to be doing all the concept artwork and, the pre, you know, all the, the production design and everything. And now Disney has the chance to hire their own people. It's like, it's not just important for who's going to direct it and who's going to write it, but, like, 
who's going to be doing concept illustrations for this new, you know, like what's Star Wars new aesthetic? Like it's going to look different well, because it, 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 I, I would put money on it being awesome because Disney, yeah. you know, Disney now own everything that Disney owns by itself of being artists. You know, they have the best in the yeah, world. And now they, they have the subsidiaries of ILM exactly. and, and, and LucasArts. The only people and that would like, compete. Like here we go. We got uh, everybody working on Star Wars 1313, which is a, a multi-company project within Lucasfilm. And like Monkey Island, uh, and Data yeah. Tentacle, and uh, and something a truth I, the a dig, truth bomb. Personally, I like the dig. A, a truth bomb that Doug dropped on us on the same trip. Was, and and you're gonna Brandon when you hear this, you're gonna just be your your brain's gonna break. Tell me, it's already broken. Fucking fucking. There was a Monkey Island script, and they turned it into Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. You're joking. Is based on a Monkey Island. You're script. joking. P- parts one Fuck and two. You and the Barbosa. Loosely, it's loosely. Lechunk. Oh come on. A zombie, didn't undead you, didn't, wait, pirate. No, wait, didn't you ever see that those memes online where they compare pictures of Barbosa no. as the ghost? No, like, but I'm gonna you look now. Start believing in ghost stories because you're in one, and they put it next to Le- Ghost Pirate LeChuck, and you're like, holy. Why the shit. fuck didn't they make? <laughs> and then, dude, picture picture in your head Guybrush, right from the first game. I'm just gonna commit suicide now. Run with it. Run with it right now on the air. No. Guybrush from the first game is yes. in your head, right? What does uh, Orlando Bloom look like in the first? Oh, the son first of a <laughs> dick! Except Orlando Bloom wasn't funny. Yeah, that's why they made ponytail with the white shirt and a sword uh, running around. But that's why now, they now, made Kiara Knightley. Kiara Knightley. She's not the governor. She's the governor's daughter. Fuck me. Who then becomes everything. a pirate badass? I'm gonna. Who then actually, but her father dies. She becomes governor. Where are my now, sleeping okay, pills? Okay, now look, look. I have to clear up though. It's not. It's. I'm not trying to suggest that there was a Monkey Island script that they just changed. Clearly, the you've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> Because now I believe not, it. There's like no going back. Because, you can just tell me for ten minutes. Uh, this is what happened, but this is not what I'm telling you. No, 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 no. no. It's just it was loosely. It was loosely done because he wrote he wrote a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and Disney didn't want to do it. And then it was like, well, let's try a Monkey Island movie, and that didn't happen. He's like, let me try one more time with with with, with Disney, and they're like, well, maybe let's change this. And it's let's like it was a struggle. Them. It was a struggle to get the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie made, but a lot of the elements that are in the film were were heavily taken from a monkey island idea which is why like the voodoo lady in the swamp and then in the beginning of dead man's chest jack sparrow shoots out of the coffin uses a bone to to you know to row i'm actually coffin. surprised you remember all of this from the game god damn <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan of the game Jeez. yeah so you know it's uh it's it's been strange that makes me a little bit happy and sad so guys um as you can tell there's a lot of feelings about this, but mostly they're, they're feelings of excitement because we don't know what's... For the first time ever, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. What if it's completely CG? I'm just putting that out there. Well, it's a fucking Clone oh, Hey, okay, hey, you know what? If it's completely CG, I mean, even hand the people, over to Pixar. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what yeah. if they Pixar, just say Star Pixar Wars. make a Star Wars movie? Uh, 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 yeah. I would be way down for a fucking Pixar mo- Star Wars yeah, I guess I, I guess I would. Yeah, I guess I. You know what? You know I probably would. Let's do it. Make a three like, bucket. And I works that shit. Willow. It's like, what are they gonna do with Willow? I'm like, CG that made it up. For Willow, you can give me a prequel starring Mad Martigan, Young Mad Martigan. <laughs> oh, tell Val me Kilmer. that. Tell me the the adventures of Young Mad Martigan. Aren't I would only ass. see it if they actually got Val Kilmer and used CG to make him younger. Because I like Val Kilmer in that. I like Val Kilmer too. You know what? Fuck it. Make him an old Mad Martigan. Old Mad. Oh, like take old man Logan, yeah. old man Mad Martigan. That's what I want. Yeah. I want that. Done. Can you can you write that? Can you begin and say it? I can it? do that. <laughs> Mrs. Kennedy, if you can hear my voice. Kickstarter. <laughs> we can do it. Old, old man Mad Martigan. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Howard. Was, Mr. Howard. I was with a midget. Mr. Howard, when you're done with the rest of development, <laughs> don't let me interrupt you. Contact me about I, Mad Martigan. Just, uh, Post a link to my web zone on this episode. 
Uh, Mark and Matt, any uh, any any closing thoughts from you guys? Uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> At the oh, same time, please. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, just uh, basically, just that I feel like it had in the end, it had to be Disney. I mean, if you know, Cap, you should actually track this down from Jason. He has it. He has these PDF transcripts of like conversations between Spielberg and Lucas when they were going about writing Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Lucas has this like affinity back in the late 70s for all things Disney. I mean, he's obsessed. He's taking all these things from like Pirates of the Caribbean and applying it to like, you know, the first like treatment for Raiders. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, I read that transcript you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's fantastic. And you see exactly like how he got Star Wars and Indiana Jones out of the, the Disney mystique for like just like the chance to bring people to like otherworldly adventure. And even when there, I have actually this, I have, which was a making of documentary of captain EO that Whoopi Goldberg narrates in which Lucas sits down and he explains that Disney was the studio that he, that he constantly says should have made star Wars, which is why he brought, you know, captain EO there. It's why he brought star tours. And, and in the end, like, I feel good for him because he finally brought Star Wars to where he trusts it most. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for George because he because, you know, he leaves the franchise in, in the hands that he originally wanted to put it in. And I think that's that's, you know, good for all of us. I mean, it's whether or not the, the future movies are good. There's so many possibilities of, of, of theme parks and and they said they have TV plans. And I mean, it's it's. It's good because Star Wars was getting stagnant, even for someone who's been following it for such a long, long time. Like it, it was stagnant. I mean, I, I've I've explained that before, and and now I, I feel the complete opposite. I, I was in I was in Toys R Us just yesterday, and I was pick I, I picked up this adorable little R two D two plushy thing, and I was looking at all the amazing Lego sets that are from you know the prequel era and from the the original trilogy era, and there's like a, a nine year old kid walking in front of me as I'm, you know, admiring these sets. And he looks at me and he's like, I have this one. I built this one. I have this one. And I'm bored with it now, though. He actually said that. But now there's going to be new sets. That's so what, what's wrong with that? It's weird that you actually have something to live for now for the next nine years. Something <laughs> I know. to keep you going for nine more years. As, as a counter to that story, I have to say really quick. I, the last time I rode the original Star Wars ride at MGM, when it was still MGM, and I went in there and I'm like, oh, childhood memories. This is great. Oh, I'm going to miss the ride. This is fantastic. Oh, it was whatever, whatever. And I'm on the ride and we're having fun and it's, you know, blasting everything. Now, there were like four boys that weren't, couldn't have been older than six years old that were riding in front of me. And I really was hoping that they were liking it and they weren't like, where's Jar Jar or anything else. But <laughs> when the ride ended and the lights came up and the music hits and everyone stands to get off the ride, the one kid just gets up and screams... And the rest of them freak out. Like, to them, it was the greatest ride they'd ever been on. Like, I couldn't imagine them saying that off of Winnie the Pooh. You know, like, this, they, they, they'd lost their shit. And I was like, I was reassured. Like, man, it still works. It still, it yep. still can reach everyone. And, you know, for a kid who might be like, well, I'm board building. Maybe he was board building Legos, but not Star Wars. And, and then, then it reinvigorated me when I rode the new rides. So now I'm even more excited because, like you say... The sky's the limit. Anything can happen. So for the first time since the announcement of prequels, I'm like, whoa. We still need to brace ourselves for disappointment. Just in case. Just not get our hopes up too much in case that happens well, again. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's, I, I want to commit hard. suicide. I can, I can, well, instead I can of... Like no, no, no. Don't, don't look at it like, oh, I have to brace for disappointment. So much as, hey, I'm just not expecting my world to change. I got a question for Mark. Yes. Because a friend of mine on Facebook voiced about how excited he was 
that he would be able to introduce his daughter to Star Wars and see it in the theater with her for the first time. Mm-hmm. See it with her. And I know you've you've been recently introducing your daughter to Star Wars. Yeah, she's mostly MST3K-ing it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so That's to you, like, how, I'm curious about your 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 thoughts about a brand new Star Wars that you would get to share with her. Well, um, I, you know, there's really no answer I can give you on that that isn't, yes, I'm excited, because otherwise, what a crotchety old dick I'd sound like, you know? <laughs> but, but beyond that, be, of course, I'm excited to experience that and watch her get to see the the true fanfare that I've only been able to explain to her, like, hey, whole city block shut down when this movie opens. Of course, I'm excited to live through that, but... As, you know, an overgrown man-child myself, the part that I'm most excited about with this is that unless we're talking like the direct-to-video, you know, terrible sequels to Aladdin or something, even when Disney makes a bad picture, the heart is still incredibly evident. Even in Disney's most misguided failures, you can see so much heart. And I, as much as I, I do enjoy the prequels, I don't love them, love them, but I enjoy them. I felt like a lot of that heart was missing. I didn't feel that warm, cuddly embrace from them. And now there's a chance for all of us to feel it again and possibly for fans, little kids to watch seven, eight and nine and go, I I love these characters and then go back and watch the prequels and go, who the hell is this Jar Jar guy? (laughs) Like history could really rewrite itself. I think I think that episode seven, eight, nine are going to have the most basically turnout ever because you have all the people that were disappointed in the prequels wanting to go and hope that it's amazing, and you have all the people that love the prequels who are going to go and hope it's amazing. <laughs> so you're going to have people on both sides all going to episode it's, seven. But again, now the, it it just really depends on who they get to work on it, what they announce is going to be. I, I personally, the only th- I think this is all good news. The one bit of thing that I was uncomfortable with was that they announced a release date already. They, it makes they, me think they like said, they already knew. They, right. they they already have begun working on it. Right now, because if if it, now granted, we only heard about this what four hours ago yeah. is when the news broke. So maybe tomorrow we'll have even better information. But as as it stands right now, I was uncomfortable with the fact that they already have a release date planned. But if later on they say, "Oh no, we've actually secretly been working at, working on it for about I, I six months," you know, and we we think that that's a good estimate, they're like, "All right, well then that's okay." But if Disney immediately said, "Give me here's the date." Writers, we're going to underpay you because you're going to be happy to be working on Star Wars. <laughs> Go write something. It has to be done in three months because we start shooting in six months. Well, that's, the, like, that's the thing. They never that, said they were going to start. I want they that They said it's job. going to be released. One of the, the blogs I saw on StarWars.com today, it was from, I can't remember which, uh, which Lucasfilm rep it was, but apparently they had a like all divisions meeting back in early June where they brought in like LucasArts and and people from the website and people from Clone Wars and, and ILM and Skywalker. And they said like they opened the meeting with we're making seven, eight, nine. So clearly since at least early June, it's been known at Lucasfilm by everybody. So there may have been some creative team stuff way before that. So they could have been working on it for like four months. Already. And listen, on a personal note, can we all just agree that the best part of George not making all the final decisions anymore is that in our lifetime, we may get the holiday special on DVD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if Disney ever wants to repackage that shit. I how, want how many it. ways can we package a piece of turd and give it? I to just, you? I just want the full Ewoks TV show, like just the full <laughs> thing. Like, was that never released on DVD? <laughs> no, they, they, they they did individual episodes, like four of the them. Ewoks, or something like terrible. I got those. Those are on DVD. I like the Ewoks movies okay, but uh, they've only done like a sort of a, a composite of a bunch of episodes of the cartoon. 
and where it kind of is assembled like a movie and the same with the droids uh series but the droid series i have a i have a lot of lot of love for and i think that they're incredibly mishandled by lucasfilm so i'm excited to see that maybe rectified in the future too so i guess i guess the number one thing that we can all agree in serious note as opposed to the, to the to the i mean i'll speak for myself i'm not excited for for a christmas special but <laughs> but, but a but a legit it's okay to be wrong. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. But 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 a, but a, a serious, legit release of the original trilogy, because like again, George Lucas isn't a great businessman, but Mrs. Kennedy is. She goes, wait a minute. What's the one thing everybody wants? Even they before, won't do that. Even they're before, not going to take out the special. I am willing to bet there is already a clause in this contract that the masters stay put. As is, like they're not going to reverse engineer a movie. No one's ever done that. Well, and, put back well, and I, I think, I think she oversaw the changes they made to ET, also because I mean they had made but some no, no, changes. But now, wait, on that note, but on the uh, the Blu-ray, I recently got the Blu-ray for ET. There's none of the special stuff in there. It's all the original. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. 100% original. Wait, just, the new it, the new Blu-ray that came out the has none for of the, ET for ET. Has not, for the new Blu-ray for ET has none of the extra stuff that was put in on any. WTF other BBQ. Now, no, wait, no, they have the delete, like, the, the CGET and deleted scenes, those are in the deleted scenes on the special features menu. Even the walkie-talkies? No, the walkie-talkies are not on there. What? It's all original, the So way you think they might Spielberg, do that with Star Spielberg Wars. admitted he made a mistake. Yeah, Spielberg said, Spielberg asked the audience, he's a big panel, man. and he asked the audience, hey audience, we're making an E.T. movie soon, or an E.T. Blu-ray soon, would you be upset if we don't include the special edition? And everyone's like, blah, 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 and he goes, alright, then consider it theatrical version only, and everybody flipped their shit. And yeah. he kept true to his word. Awesome. The DVD is, is pure theatrical version. I, I, think, I take uh, back what I said earlier about wanting to punch Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what is likely, unless unless Lucas is really, really adamant about it, you know, we could get Blade Runner, basically. You know, here's every yes. version. To yes. a, every, every, version. every version to a fault, whatever you want, pick your yeah. poison. I, I don't care what other version you want to put on there, but if you give me the original version... In my, in my, dude, it's like that's all I want. Just give me the original version, and you can have anything else on top of it, and that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the THX audio remasters. Those, those two O ones are, are a little, <laughs> a little weak. You no, know, you guys said George Lucas is a great businessman. Maybe this was his ploy from the beginning: but, is to make no, as I, many I, special I argue, features as possible, that, and then resell the original twenty years later. I think that he wasn't a very good businessman. Like he was a decent businessman for a guy who wanted to be a creative person. This could have been all part of his plot to sell the original versions again. George Lucas was a brilliant creative visionary who then found himself with more money than he knew what to do with and then clearly clearly there's unequivocal evidence about this he just lost his fucking mind well it's he had a he i'm sure he just had like a stroke and you couldn't tell under all of his uh, chin fat but i think it was there man it's burning lucas down it's now were you, now before we go i did actually have an arbitrary pointless question for everyone please mostly for the listeners but i was going to ask uh, each of you, which director you, which person you would like to see direct the movie more than anyone? Ooh. Just uh, go around the table and basically say which person would you want to see from your own biased opinions direct episode seven. Cap. Okay. Uh, David Lynch, obviously. No, uh, he, he's, 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 already turned, he's already turned it down. He already That's turned it down. Um, they didn't ask him. They did. What? They asked him to asked him to direct Return of the Jedi. He turned it down. He, oh. he, he it's it was hilarious. Anyway, um, he's got a great story about it. Joss is really compelling. Mm. Uh, he's really, really compelling. I, but I was there was a butt attached to that. But I think that I would. You would bring the humor back to Star Wars, it, definitely. It, it's it's tough. I've, I've, 
this is going to sound weird, especially after everything that's happened recently. I really want to see Kevin Smith direct Star Wars. Mm. Or a Star Wars. Not all of Star Wars, but a Star Wars. Because I, I see what you're saying, but I think Kevin Smith would be the first person to tell you that's a terrible idea. I know. I know <laughs> you might not want that I, I, I know I might regret this, but it's just like, I feel like if... You if know, well, it's not I, happening. You know this is theoretical. See, I would not want to see Kevin Smith direct episode seven. I want to see Kevin Smith direct his own Star Wars movie. Well, that's what yeah. he wants he anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's mostly that if the door was, was open, he would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and he's someone who I who just the the thing is he's he's kissed Lucas's ass ever since they like they got close to each other and that's a little disconcerting but because there's an awful lot of shit to kiss that ass through I I'm curious I, he's 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 a, a fan a, pro, a professional fan who I related to Fans as as, always, a, as a little kid the best stuff and I, and I'm just I'm really curious since this is purely hypothetical yeah. I'm sure when not on the spot I can come up with a with a um, a better candidate, aside from the obvious, nope, like, this is on Joss the spot. Thing. Hex, and, who's on the well, spot? Well, here's the thing: We're, we'll open this up to the, to the forums. We'll have a whole forum posting about it. And when I think of, of who else I'm interested in, I'll post there. All right. I want. Here's my challenge: I want someone to make a movie even worse. I want episode seven to be even worse than the prequels. So, who would you have directed? Midnight Shenanigans. What? <laughs> no, no. For okay, some about, reason, how... for some reason, for some reason, the little voice in my head that's screaming is like, "I want to see John Carpenter's Star Wars." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I fucking see that. That's good. Sounds like a good time. Whatever. See? I don't care if it's good or bad. It's gonna be hilarious. I know. That's what I want. I want Kurt Russell. It's gonna be in scary it. too. Kurt Russell's a oh fucking old man Jedi. I'm a Jedi <laughs> and, and, and... <laughs> with an eye patch, <laughs> a laser who, eye patch. Someone who would do um, a great job. Probably, I, I, I would, I would speculate it's Duncan Jones. In all, in all seriousness, Duncan Jones. That's, where, that, that, that's exactly where I was yeah. gonna go. Uh, I was gonna say uh, me. But, <laughs> but not, if you could pick yourself, but if you I had to pick, pick someone me, else, in, in, seri- in uh, my serious answer, Paul Thomas Anderson. Who is he? I don't know who he is. Uh, there, there will be blood. Oh, this, this is like you know, and he recently did uh, uh, the master. The, I, I'm like, I want Empire Strikes Back, dark. Star Wars, Paul Thomas Anderson. But they got to keep it PG-13 now for he marketing. Would, I don't think he would do it, but I, I would be interested to hear his take. Because he almost did... Paul, Paul Thomas... Was it Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, oh, no. It was Darren Aronofsky who almost did The Wolverine. Mm. And Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson, so uh, I thought, would be like... In that same vein of taking someone serious, like a really great filmmaker, giving them something to, to a universe to play in, I would love to see his take on Star Wars. Wow. Or, you know, what, Darren, Darren Aronofsky would be interesting, but it wouldn't be quite a... Mass appeal, probably as much. Okay, Mark. I'm going to go a little selfish here, and both of them are very unrealistic for two very different reasons. The one that's completely unrealistic, unreal- but would be awesome, Irving Kirshner. <laughs> no, I was, I was, that was almost my first answer. <laughs> I mean, let's just not even fuck around with it. But no. secondly... I, I, I'd um, res him, man. Yeah, yeah. Black, black magic, dude. Let's get, it, let's get him get back. Kickstarter going. <laughs> it's going to be like we can at Bernie's, but we can at Irwin's. No, no, we got to unfreeze Walt Disney. We got to unfreeze Walt Disney from under, under the castle. And get him to do uh, it. Who else did you have? But, uh, you know, on a serious note, and this would never happen likely due to age and him probably being impossible to work with now. And But it's the most predictable answer that I that Mark would ever give you. Uh, Bob Raffleson. Bob Raffleson did a lot of, um, uh, he was behind a lot of big films like uh, Five Easy Pieces and Postman Always Rings Twice. But, and here's where it's going to get predictable. He was also the guy behind the monkey's film Head, oh. which turned an industry that had gotten so big and corporate on its ear. And I think that he would be able to write, a, 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 be able to sort of direct a lot of almost like snake eating its own tail commentary in 
into the Star Wars 7 about the Star Wars universe and how seriously it's taken itself. That's a strange answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I like it. Okay, I, Matt. Um, as soon as you asked the question, Brandon, uh, I started to uh, type out a few. Uh, <laughs> it's I like I've got two my, pages this right now. Gore Verbinski, because the man knows swashbuckling action. Like, I mean, R- Rango's action scenes, plus like the Pirates' action scenes, whether or not the second or third movie were good or not, like... The action was great, so I think he can. He he really has an eye for that sort of thing because of their their work with the uh, revival of the Bond franchise, Martin Campbell or Sam Mendes. I was thinking also J.J. Abrams because he already brought some Star Wars to Star Trek, so uh, possibility. And also one that I really would want, Edgar Wright. We can only have oh, one. Wow. Whoa! Yeah, I think I, I think I'd, I'd like to see Edgar Wright do it. I think um, I'd, I'd like. My dream joke, my dream joke answer was going to be Joss Whedon because I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. No, it is. I want Edgar Wright. I think Edgar yeah. Wright would be fucking perfect. Also, also, the fellow who directed Iron Giant and Finding Nemo and uh, John Carter would be mm-hmm. a, a good choice. I don't remember his name, but I mean, that guy knows how to direct him, his way through a very vast composited alien world. Yeah, I believe, I believe you mix like there's two people I think in that. Like Andrew Stanton did uh, John Carter, and he did. Um, but I think Iron Giant was Brad Bird. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was Brad. And Bird. and and Brad both Bird. of, I believe yeah. I believe both of them are on projects right now. I think because I think Brad Bird was like the first person I thought. Of. I thought like Disney would go to Pixar to find somebody. And I know Brad Bird's working on some like it's called like 1951. I think it's like a Roswell type I'm alien sure he movie. So he's like busy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, exactly. He could put that aside. As a matter of fact, there was some rumors right away that that project was actually the new Star Wars movie, and that it might have been like a code name. But Shit. like, yeah, some people are already like, no, 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 it's a real movie. So one of the best Star Wars documentaries I ever saw was the like make the one that was on the original Star Wars DVD set, The Making of an Empire. And George Lucas started talking how like he thinks the reason why Star Wars was so successful was because if you look at like cinema right before Star Wars came out, it was such like a a reflection of the Vietnam era of just like, you know, it's shit. We're in a war we're never coming out of and it's dark and it's dreary. But like right there when it came out, we started to sort of like. We, we hit rock bottom. We started to kind of move ourselves I mean, up. Movie. We may like be on our way to that by the time this comes out. Like the prequels came out during a time that we were like on our way down. So I think we were more cynical when we looked at it. But if we're like, you know, things turn around in this election and we start to head way up, like a great adventurous fun Star Wars movie might be at the right time. That's that's like excellent point because I mean look at the listen to us right now we're pretty cynical like <clears throat> oh man a new Star Wars is it okay to like it whereas back when they announced the first Star Wars it's like what a stupid space movie who gives a shit you know it's, it's, it's yep. somewhat similar situation going on. Obviously Mel Brooks should direct. <laughs> well, now now uh, was it was it Mark what, did you say Irving Kirshner? Yes. Yeah, my my Irving Kirshner answer is Akira Kurosawa. Uh, all your answers were good wrong uh but good clearly the only obvious person who could direct episode seven is luke Besson. uh he's he's already proven that he can do sci-fi he can do strange he can do funny yeah i want that i would instantly go a million times over if it was luke Besson. i'm not feeling it clearly with sarah doing the music (laughs) um eric yeah eric sarah oh man Oh shit! Well, okay. Th- that's that's what we got for now. You're definitely gonna hear us talk more about this in the future. There's no way around it. Before we go, I gotta give some big ups to our our fan community because uh, you guys have done an awesome job supporting us these last couple months. Uh, but we haven't had a chance to uh, to you know give you guys the props you deserve on an episode. So here goes. Uh, first off, congrats to Viral Demon 
who became an official producer of the show. He supported us enough that he actually crossed that threshold. He's the second person to do it after Trench 88. Kudos to you, man. That's absolutely incredible. You are too kind and amazing for uh, for believing in us that much. Everybody who supported us in September, Red Eye Phoenix, Cassie Muldrow, Brent Burchard, Berto Elcon, Caitlin Kruger, Trench 88, Fuman Chuchu, Kyle Calder, Dan Blake, Gerard Oates Haggard, Big Bad Shadow Man, Garayur, uh, Viral Demon, Mr. Matt, and Durafago. They supported us for a total of $520, um, supplying a lot of the equipment that we're recording with to, uh, this evening, uh, including a uh, new mixer and uh, the mic that I'm using right now, who we've nicknamed Black Betty. Brent Burchard said, here's some money because I love Derpy Show. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Caitlin Kruger said, I got a new job. Now shut up and take my money or just keep <laughs> producing more awesome shows. That works too. <laughs> Kyle Calder said, here's some fancy coffee money to help you guys get D&D episode 22 finished. And we did. Gerard Oates-Haggard says he's an Orlando Weekly freelancer, and uh, he thinks it would be an excellent idea to interview local Orlando visual artist Maz Armageddon. And uh, I'm following the guy on Twitter now, so we'll see what happens. Oh, God, that means he knows Um, my girlfriend. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, (laughs) uh, Gary Yer says, you guys are still awesome. Thanks for actually pronouncing my name right or pretty close to it on the second attempt. I don't even... Hopefully, I'm getting it right this time. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what he did last time. Viral Demon says, "Here's some money for hopefully getting another microsode." Um, I've said this before, but I was really happy with the mimetics episode, so I definitely want more. Um, I believe he did. He's got quite a few in the can. There's a <laughs> there's a list of all our microsodes. Um, yeah, some of those are my fault, but we'll get to those. Okay. Matthew McCracken said, "Great job as always. I see you need a hundred dollars for the new mixer. Take it and make it your own. Love Dungeons and Doritos, and so we did. Awesome." October. We are in the thirtieth day of October, and we've act- we've met both our um, our baseline support goal of three hundred dollars, um, which is how much we it costs to run the show and, and keep all of our bills and everything going. And we met our support goal, really? which was five hundred dollars to nice. get um, Colin flown to from Nashville to Orlando to record the season finale of D anD D with us. I am excited to punch him. However, <laughs> uh, I just want to let everybody know there's a certain uh, Colin is definitely flying down for that D anD D finale, but there is an air of uncertainty about when we'll be recording it because due to the massive storms uh, on the East Coast, Lefty Lucy's schedule is a bit dubious. Uh, Coney Island was a, a, a story underwater. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we'll have to reschedule. And if we do have to reschedule because we've got two different parties of role players at the same time, it could actually delay D&D one or two months. Uh, I'm going to keep it's obviously that's a huge deal. This is the season finale. We've been planning it for a long time. Uh, so I'll keep everybody posted on what's up with that. But either way, Colin is flying in and it's all thanks to you guys. And um, I will be punching him. You will punch him <laughs> square in the jaw. Oh, God. There yes. will be a video posted. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Man With Case, Gary Ur, Blake Holman, Stuart Enney, Big Bad Shadow Man, Tim Lebronte. Lebronte Caitlin Kruger, Rebecca Greer, Mauron, Jeffrey Voss, Viral Demon, Frozen Treasure, Ben Kidd, Ethan Kruger, Joe Barta, Cassie Muldrow, Ross Butler, Tyler Conrad, Patrick Webster, and Trench88. Man with Case said, no clever message, just the bucks. Love to all nerdy show. Blake Holman said, I've been following D&D from the beginning and I finally have a few dollars to throw your way. Keep up the good work. You guys are amazing. Brent Bruchard said, this is for the awesome episode of Dungeons & Doritos. Also, can you get the Derby Show guys to say their names at the start of the show? I love the show, but have no idea which voice is which. Uh, (laughs) That's a great idea. uh, I I did tell them that, um, and they've since made it a habit. So, uh, thank you. Suggestions are always welcome. Big Bad said, (laughs) this is is very interesting. This money is to pay back two thumbs for the hotel room from Nerdapalooza. As such, he he spent this money on two thumbs' behalf to us, Mm. and... Earned a microsode, which he then gave to Two Thumbs. That's hilarious. <laughs> two Thumbs, Two Thumbs, 
uh, kidnapped me in a good way and took me out to drinks. It was great. He also supported us again later on and said, I'd like to say I totally enjoyed season one of Ghostbusters Resurrection. Uh, so here's some money for that as well as some as thanks for the new episode of D&D. That's very flattering. Thank you. Joe Barta said, thanks for all you guys do. And then later on supported us in such a way so that there was only a dollar left till the next <laughs> microsode. He's like, and he, he posted on Twitter, get a microsode for just a dollar. Um, <laughs> and, and he did. And Gary, you claimed it. That's great. Patrick Webster said, Barty is absent. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this and send us some money. Ben Ked said, gotta help a gleeman in need. <laughs> Frozen Treasure said, I like when it gets close enough that I can afford supporting you guys and get a microsode at the same time. Unfortunately, at that time, a bunch of people donated at once and he missed it by just a few minutes. Oh. But, but them's, them's the breaks. Whenever whenever you see us posting <clears throat> on, uh, on Twitter or Facebook about, oh man, there's only a little bit left. It's a, you know... See what you can do to grab it. It can get pretty tooth and nail there. Viral Demon said, thought I'd put in some money for this month. Really excited for the end of D&D Book 2. Jeffrey Voss said, keep up the great work. I'm loving almost all the new content. And I'd love to hear what you almost don't like as much as the other stuff. We do <laughs> love, you know, cr- criticisms are welcome. So if you got anything to say to us about this episode, you want to tell Brandon what... Uh, and the rest of us, uh, who you'd like to direct the new Star Wars, please comment on the forum. There'll be links to all that on this episode's page. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We are we together as as a a nerdy whole. We eagerly <laughs> hold hands and anticipate the new Star Wars. Well, Indeed. to put us out, take us out with uh, Star Wars: New Overlords. Back in two thousand four, Disney released an album called Mosh Pit on Disney. And that feature, that was a cover album of a bunch of different uh, Disney songs and included such acts as Andrew W.K., Real Big Fish, and Brian Setzer. This particular song is uh, Japanese pop rocker uh, Kenzie Masubuchi. And this song is the Main Street Electrical Parade Baroque Hoedown. And it is fun, it's intense, and it has a little kazoo in it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a song that They Might Be Giants actually covered on another Disney compilation. Oh, really? Which we played in, a, in an episode years ago. Cool. Yeah. So, bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Doug. I'm Matt. Bye, I'm Mark. Enjoy.
Palooza. Notice I'm about to buy a comic shop, Nerdapalooza. Playing trailer video and listeners like you. If you enjoy my new home, support Notice by telling a friend. Picking up some notes at the Notice Store or donate directly to receive exclusive perks. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, Dungeons and Doritos, video contest, and other nerdy programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Scabbers 420 somewhere. You can subscribe to our Nerdy Show podcast via the iTunes Store. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. That was wrong. There would have felt it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, what, what'd I tell you about cussing? <laughs> no, you don't get on me. Don't you rag on me, son of a bitch. Fuck me. And get social with that Notice Show nerd. Stop hanging out with Shake. At noticeshow.com slash for I hang out with Shake all the time I want to. You tell me I will suck your, you suck your balls, you son of a bitch. He's not your friend, Meanwhile. He tries to kill you. Man, he's he my friend. You tell me who my friend is. You go put yourself in the washing machine. <laughs> all right, well, I've had it with you. You fuck me. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So... What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.